Wow, good morning. How's everybody doing? Just good? Y'all should be so excited. We just experienced a Christian concert. Don't you agree? <laughs> that was phenomenal, man. I get so excited about coming to here in our worship team. And I'm sitting there thinking, that if, you, if you really were singing along and looking at the words and thinking about what those words were, that's ministry right there after the singing. It was phenomenal. So I appreciate those folks so much. Um, and then I was laughing. My wife uh, leaned over to me and she saw I had this bag with me. And she said, what you do, bring a snack? Are you gonna be up there talking that long? It's <laughs> like, maybe just a couple hours, we'll be okay. Uh, no, it's gonna be for a visual aid potentially here in a, in a little bit, so. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm really excited to be here today and I'm very thankful. And I wanted to make sure, I always try to do this when I'm up here, I wanna make sure I thank Pastor Ricky for always done for us. Um, I just appreciate him every, every time I get up here and talk, I appreciate him more and more. To do this every week is such a daunting task, to prepare, uh, to study, to pray. Are you, are you getting a popping sound? You okay? Love it, okay. So anyway, I just really appreciate what, uh, what he has to go through and do for us to serve us. Um, it's, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful calling that he's pursuing. And I also want to talk about his wife, Carissa. You know, she doesn't get the accolades as much, but I want to talk about her. Yeah, absolutely. Give her a hand. Because if you really think about it, here's, here's a woman who has a full-time job, four children, some are young, a full-time wife, and not only that, a pastor's wife. She also volunteers and helps organize things. That young lady's a phenomenal leader, and they're a great couple to lead this church, and we're very blessed. If you want to give them both a hand, I'd appreciate that. So, so with that being said, uh, I'm going to kind of start out with a story. It's kind of a two-part story. And uh, it happened a few weeks ago to me. And I found myself actually sitting over there in a the corner on the, on the second row. And uh, Pastor Ricky was up here speaking. And while he's up here talking, all of a sudden, these, these thoughts of comparison started to come into my mind. Things like, gosh, she handles this crowd so well. He communicates so well. I can't do that. He knows so much of the word. I don't know as much as he knows. He's able to connect with people like I don't. His voice inflections are different than mine. And I'm hearing all these things. And at one point, I even started to think, the guy could sing the Ariel song. He could even sing. And, and that wasn't what impressed me. It was impressed me that he knew all the words. I can't even remember the name to my kids sometimes. Have anybody ever, like you're calling your kids, yelling them to come to you, and you can't remember which one it is? Finally, you say, whichever one you are, get over here. Yeah, yeah. And he knows all the words. And I'm sitting there thinking, I can't do this. I started to beat myself up, and I started to notice I was feeling less than. But as that was going through my head, all of a sudden, I started to think, how many people in this room experience the same thing? How many of us also experience comparison? See, the world... And our flesh wants us to compare and they want us to compete with each other. And I do know this, and I'll prove it by a point. Men, be transparent with me. How many of you kind of, kind of compare your lawns to other men's lawns? Yeah, okay, yeah, absolutely. Something as simple as that. Yeah, so I just proved the point. But if you really think about it, I mean, let's look at some of the other areas that we really compare ourselves in. One is social media, and I want to spend a minute about that because social media affects so many of us. That's where we find a lot of comparison is through social media. And folks, remember, when you see these pictures of people on there and you're comparing yourself to how great they look and the smiles and the vacations and all that, they were probably yelling at their kids right before they had that picture taken. 
okay? Because we've done that before, you know, before they do the pose and all that, where you're like, line up, make sure you're, you know. So just when you see that, don't compare, realize there's other things going on behind the scenes before you start beating yourself up. Or we'll compare ourselves with work. We'll compare our body images. Some are tall, some are short, some are lean, some are not. It's just, we're always comparing ourselves, our clothing choices, we compare our kids. I grew up with my parents always talking about, well, why can't you be like such and such? I don't know if you experienced that, but that wasn't really uplifting. We compare our homes and our cars. I mean, there's so many things that we end up comparing each other with. And as we compare, it can take a toll on us. And it starts causing us to feel less than, and it stills our joy. I found this on the internet because I was looking up comparison on the internet, and I want to read this to you. Too much comparison leads to unhappiness and low self-esteem. We become frustrated with ourselves for not being good enough or we're angry with others. Comparing ourselves to others is toxic for so many reasons. But the one that's most damaging is what it does to our self-worth. We feel less than when we compare. We feel like we're not good enough and that somehow we need to do better. To me, it's kind of like we got to keep grinding is what that feeling is. This is a terrible place to be in, one that leads to depression and anxiety. And don't raise your hands, but think to yourself, how many times has that happened to you? By comparing, you started to feel less than, your self-image dropped, you started to get a little bit of anxiety, which could even pull you down into some depression. Well, I do want to talk to you about this key truth here. And this key truth, comparison can open the door to many evils and stop us from operating as God designed us. Seed opens the door to many evils. It can open the door to envy. It can grow, if you compare long enough, it can grow into jealousy. It can grow into greed. There's so many sins that can come out of comparison. And we're gonna touch a little bit more on that later, but uh, first, the second part of the story I wanna talk about. As that voice was talking to me, and I was realizing that there were other people that could be struggling a little bit, all of a sudden, I kind of got inspired and got encouraged a little bit. The Holy Spirit started to drop some words into my mind and started to interrupt those negative thoughts. I started hearing that, you know, I was good enough. I could connect with people. I'm not going to do it as well as Pastor Ricky does, but there's people in here I can connect with that he might not be able to connect with. I can help other people grow in their faith. There's something I might share that somebody can relate to that will help them grow. I can encourage other people. I can inspire them. It might be a different style of doing it, but I can still be inspirational to people. God can use me. And see, the Holy Spirit started building me up. And all of a sudden, those I can't do it type of phrases turned into I can do it. I can do this. I can do that. I am capable. And it made me realize that if I needed encouragement and inspiration also, others may. So today, I want to spend a few minutes encouraging you all, and I'm going to do it around a few areas. I wanted, to, I wanted to point out people and encourage them individually today, but there's so many people here that I know that I did not want to miss anybody, so I wanted to focus more on some areas that I hear from Christians that they struggle with at times. So today, as I talk about some encouragement, I want you to understand this key truth. Christians encourage and inspire one another. We don't compare and compete. Now, yes, I'm competitive, and it doesn't mean when you're playing a game, you can't be competitive. Yes, I trash talk to my kids when I'm playing games with them. Guys, how many of you trash talk to your kids? 
Yeah, and the bad thing is I got girls, and I really go after them. <laughs> so, so, yeah, amen. So what happens when we're comparing and competing, we're focused on ourselves. It's that me, me, me. When I was over here and that voice in my head was talking about what I couldn't do, it was all about me, me, me. But when I started to think about somebody else, the inspirational, the Holy Spirit came in with encouragement. When we focus on encouraging and inspiring one another in our faith, we are focusing on the love of Christ. As Christians, we are instructed to encourage and build one another. That's evidenced in the scriptures, the first Thessalonians 5, 10 through 11. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. And there's so many great people here in this church that are already encouraging each other. That's why I wanted to spend a few minutes encouraging you and building you up also. But as I was looking at, the, looking at this, at this uh, scripture verses, I, was under, I wanted to understand what's the word encourage mean? How do you define encourage? And the word encourage is parakaleo, parakaleo in the Greek. And it means to address, speak to, which may be in a way of exhortation, comfort, instruction. See, we're to speak to, we're to use our words. Our words have power. We can build people or we can tear them down. Our words can encourage people. They can exhort them on to do greater things than what they thought they could accomplish. They can comfort, comfort them in times of need. They also can instruct them like a coach might. Sometimes instruction can be a little, a little tough because it makes you have to change as a coach, but they encourage you onward. And then I looked at the word build. The Greek word for build is oikodomia, I believe is how you pronounce it. And I'm Greek, by the way, and I can't pronounce half these words. <laughs> so anyway, what does build mean? To promote growth in Christian wisdom, affection, Grace, virtue, holiness, blessedness, to grow in wisdom and piety. And we know what the word wisdom is, but the word piety struck me. I'm, I'm thinking, what is piety? I've heard it many times. I didn't know exactly what it meant. Just real quick, piety means showing reverence for God as a loving father and respect for others as children of God. And as I was reading that definition, there was three examples, three works of piety that were mentioned. It was talking about prayer, searching scriptures, and holy communion. And I wanted to point these out because this series that Pastor Ricky has, has us on, the One Another series, what has he been able to exhibit to us? Have we not talked about prayer? He always encourages us to read the scriptures. We had holy communion together. He's exhibiting on how to build us up, as he does often, but just especially through this series, I saw that word piety really jump up and how he's building us up. So one of the key takeaways is this. Since we live in Christ, we are to encourage and build each other up. That's actually the key takeaway. I wanna give it to you early. Since we live in Christ, we are to encourage and build each other up. Another reason we are instructed to encourage one another is because God, our Father, encourages us first, and we're to mimic God. That's proved in the scripture verses, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. 
And it's interesting, I was talking about this today because something popped up on my Facebook today that actually referenced the scripture about encouragement. The scripture reads, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. There's a lot of words, a lot of comfort in that statement, a lot of the words comfort. So I said, let me look up the word comfort. Comfort is also parakaleo in the Greek. It's the exact same Greek word as encourage. So let's substitute the word encourage for the word comfort. And I'm not adding to scripture, which is showing you another way you could translate this word. In those verses again, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of compassion and the God of all encouragement who encourages us in all of our troubles so that we can encourage those in any trouble with the encouragement we ourselves receive from God. See, God our Father sets the example for us by first encouraging us so that we can encourage others. As God sets example for us in so many things, he does it first. And I like that the scripture talked about father. Because sometimes our earthly fathers might not have encouraged us as much, especially men as we're growing. We need that encouragement from a father. And sometimes we don't get that. Ladies also, but men especially. I was sitting there thinking, I can't even count the number of times my dad might have told me he was proud of me. And there's a lot of men in here that are probably the same way. But thank God our true father, thank our true father encourages us. What do you think he was doing with me when I was sitting over in that corner? He was encouraging me and building me up. See, the key truth here is God sets the pattern by first encouraging us. God shows us what to do by first doing it for us. So today I wanna encourage you in four different areas that I often hear from people that they're struggling in. So I wanna talk about those four areas. The first one is prayer. Now, Pastor Ricky did teach on prayer as he was talking about praying for everyone, praying for each other earlier in the, uh, and I think it was the second week of of the series. But I wanna really focus on those individuals who have been praying for something for quite a while and you haven't seen the results yet. Sometimes it can be very challenging when you're in in that stage. It's easy to really get discouraged and stop praying when you're not seeing the results. I mean, you could be praying for your health and you're still struggling with it. You could be praying for your children and you're not seeing the change happen. You could be praying for family members and they're still doing the same things that you've been praying against. You're just not seeing any really results in your efforts and you're starting to doubt. Am I doing the right things? Am I praying right? What's happening here, Lord? And I really wanna take a moment to encourage you to keep praying because some things take time, folks. Some things take time. Look at, the Old Testament. Look at the Old Testament with the story of Daniel. Daniel was praying and it took 21 days before the answer came. What would have happened if he would have stopped on day 18? We don't know. What happens if he would have stopped on day 20? We don't know. He continued to persist in, pray, in prayer. See, we don't see what God's doing in the unseen. You've got to realize prayer is spiritual. There's things happening and moving in the unseen. Your healing may take some time. 
I mean, when I went through my cancer treatments, it took a while. We were praying, but I wasn't healed immediately. It took a while to get through that process. But what was interesting is going through the process and praying, God was giving me, he was encouraging me on to keep going. He was giving me opportunities to encourage and build other people up along the process. But in the end, the healing came. Also, sometimes maybe that answer to your prayer is a no. It might not be what you want to hear, but God's got something better for you. My wife and I recently were down at the Fishhawk Ranch area. We went down to meet up with a, uh, one of the fellow artists that she had met. And as we were driving down there, we remembered about the times we were praying to move to Florida, and we were praying specifically to move to the Fishhawk Ranch area. We had spent some time there, looked at it, thought this would be a great location. So we were specifically praying for Fishhawk Ranch. When the time came for us to move to Florida, when God opened that door for us, he said no to Fishhawk Ranch. He moved us to a totally different area. And folks, I'll tell you, I had a lot of fear when we were moving because that wasn't what I had pictured in my mind. But see, God had bigger things and better things planned. If we would have moved to Fishhawk Ranch, we would have never met you all. We would have never been part of Brave. My kids would have never met their boyfriends. We wouldn't have the friendships we had and the neighbors. See, God works things out, even though it's not the answer you might want, but he works those things out for your good. And I also want to encourage you, keep praying for others, as Pastor Ricky was talking about. Let them know you're praying for them, because it's an encouragement. There was a gentleman that's part of our congregation, and in our small, in our, in our group setting, Steve had mentioned that he was dealing with some bleeding issues and he was in the hospital. And we were praying for that gentleman. And you know how awesome it was when they went ahead to do the surgery? They couldn't find those bleeding issues. It's awesome. And lastly, about prayer, I wanna encourage you to write your prayers out. Write them out. Because what can happen is you can look back over time and see how God did answer your prayer. That can encourage you. That can remind you God does answer prayers. God is faithful. Key truth, as Christians, we stay faithful in prayer. We might not always understand the answer, but we stay faithful in prayer. The second area that I want to encourage you in is to keep gathering together. I hear people sometimes talk about, we're so busy, we've got so much going on, it's tough to get to church all the time, it's tough to get to groups. I wanna encourage you, keep gathering together. And the reason being is we're instructed to do so. If we look at Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, let's read that scripture. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as we see the day approaching. A couple of things jumped out at me when I was reading this. First, it's a habit. That doesn't mean if you miss church some on Sunday or a group or something like that. Things are going on in life. We can't always be here every week, but it's a habit. There's people that have developed a habit of not coming to church or getting around groups. They usually excuse it that they're just too busy. And yes, we are busy as a society today, but you've created a new habit. Well, you can change that habit. I start plugging into things. Especially as you've seen the days approaching, it says. You can see the evil that's happening today. We need to be tighter together than we've ever been before. So I want to keep encouraging you all to keep gathering. 
And think about it. Don't you always feel like a sense of lifting in your soul when you're here? I mean, just the worship team gets me excited. When I hear that music, I get my elevated. Don't you feel more encouraged? I mean, do you, do you leave here feeling inspired? Like you got charged up for the week, you're energized. You feel more powerful when we're together. When I'm around you all, I feel powerful. See, Christians need mutual support and spurring towards greater service for their Savior that can only be found when we gather together with other followers. Paul encourages us to gather because we need one another to stay strong in faith. And you know what also I saw with Paul? He was talking, I believe it was in, uh, I think it was in Romans, but Paul was talking about also how he's encouraged when he gets around the congregation, when he gets around fellow believers and to see how their faith is growing. We can encourage our pastor. We can encourage Pastor Ricky as we gather and he sees us growing. It's gotta be exciting to him. It's got to build his faith also as we're growing. And realize this too, if you're not plugged into something consistently, you're kind of like that lone sheep out there on your own. And who does the wolf grab? The lone sheep. And it's also sometimes being around like a kind of a power source, you know, like a modem. Okay, God's word is the power source. But coming around groups and gathering together encourages us and strengthens us and energizes us. And the closer you are to the modem, the better the signal the further you get away, the weaker the signal and the more frustrated you get, you finally give up on that Wi-Fi. So please stay plugged in. And I also wanna encourage you to this, that you don't know what word might be specifically for you during that service. God might have a word for you to validate something, to teach you something. I'll share a story with Michelle, and this happened last week. She's been helping a friend of ours who's going through a tough time in life right now. Michelle's been ministering to her, sharing the word with her, encouraging her, challenging her at times. She's the only friend speaking life into, into this young lady. And last week, Pastor Ricky was talking about love one another and it validated what Michelle had been doing and going through. You don't know what you're gonna hear when you gather. And if you don't make it, what happens if that was the week that God had a word for you? Also, I wanna talk about our groups. I'm thankful for our groups, the friendships we develop. These are people we're gonna walk through life with. And I know a lot of you are already plugged into groups. If you're not, get plugged in. If you're new, get into a group. You develop great friendships. We pray with each other. And boy, I get so excited when our group prays. It's probably like a lot of your groups. Boy, our folks just dive in, man. There's a need, somebody's diving in on it. And I was like, that's so exciting to watch people pray. Sometimes it's intimidating to me how well they pray. And they also spur each other on to love and good deeds. I remember our last group, our group got together and we were able to go out and, and, and take some supplies to the firemen in our local community. And the joy on their face to see that there's people that really appreciated them, they wanted to know more about Brave too. So it was really great. So a key truth, Christians gather and encourage one another towards love and good deeds. We gather, encourage one another towards love and good deeds. The third area I want to encourage on is dealing with your gifting and your calling. Week one, Pastor Ricky was talking about serving. And he used Jesus washing feet as an example. And it was hilarious because he called Heather up and Heather wasn't expecting it. And he started talking about washing feet just to see the look on her face, it's worth you going back and watching that sermon, okay? 
I didn't know what he was going to do either, to be fair. But I want to build actually upon that talk he gave on serving. It reminds you that you all have a gifting and a calling. And you're designed by God to build up the body. You are designed by God to build up the body. And that's in Ephesians 4.16. If we read the scripture, it says, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. It grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does its work, the supporting ligaments build each other up. Now, here's the thing too. I'll give you a story. Many of you know Michelle had broken her leg. Um, gosh, I forget how many months ago it was. And it's, it's been a long, enduring endeavor for her to get back to a to where she can feel comfortable enough to walk. But she's, got, she's had to go through physical therapy also because there's obviously some ligament issues. But as she's going through physical therapy, what happens is those smaller muscles, those other type of things that she hadn't been using had to get stronger and work harder to take up for that ligament issue. At some points, that leg gets so tired that it's done. She can't do anything else. And that's kind of how it is with the church. If you're not sharing your gift, it's putting more strain on the rest of the body. At some point, they wear out and the body suffers and shuts down. See, I want, to real, I want you to realize and I want to encourage you how extremely important you are to the move of the kingdom. You have something to offer. I mean, do you think you really here by accident? Do you realize that everything that's gone on in your life up to this point has brought you right to here this moment. We have been brought together as a group of believers to build the body together. Whatever you've experienced in life, good or bad, it's brought you to this point so that we can work together to build the body. God has worked this all out for us to be together. There's no accident here. However, many times we don't see ourselves as God created us. We see our insufficiencies. As I mentioned to you earlier, issue that I was dealing with sitting over there was listening to Pastor Ricky. Sometimes people don't pursue their gift because they feel inadequate. I remember before I became a youth leader at a church up in West Virginia, I didn't feel like I could do that. I didn't know enough about the Bible, but I felt a little bit of a prompting on the inside. So when I was asked, I went ahead and pursued it. And it was uncomfortable. I didn't always know what I was doing. But with God, he'll take anything and he'll work it out. Speaking here of brave, hey, folks, this isn't my, you know, my wheelhouse. I'd rather sit down with a cup of coffee with a couple of you and just have a conversation than standing up here and doing this. I'm the guy that got an incomplete in college speech class because I wouldn't stand up in front of people. I don't even pronounce half the words right. My wife will attest to that. I'll make up words, Okay. But it's funny how God can use you if you'll just put yourself out there. Is it uncomfortable? Oh, yeah. But God works things out. Listen, God has a plan for each of us to build up the body, and I want to encourage you. Pursue whatever gifting or calling as you might have. I know you might feel like, as I did, you don't, you know, you don't have a certain strength in an area. I don't pray well enough, maybe somebody's thinking. I can't be on a prayer team. I don't pray well enough. It doesn't matter. God's seeing your heart. I don't sing well enough. Well, nobody sings like Andrews does, but you might sing well enough to get up here and help out. You understand? 
Maybe you don't feel like you lead well enough. Well, yeah, you might not lead like Pastor Ricky does, but you've got leadership abilities in here that can help further the body along. These inadequacies, if we focus on those long enough, can stunt the growth of the body. So I want to pull out a little bit of vis aid uh, here and share something with you real quick, a little uh, illustration. Has anybody, uh, I know Pastor Ricky went old school with Ariel and, and singing that song. Has anybody ever seen Veggie Tales? Few people, oh, somebody, they got really excited over here. <laughs> What's your favorite VeggieTales song? <laughs> Mine's Cheeseburger. <laughs> My Cheeseburger. What is it? The Hairbrush song. The Hairbrush song is awesome. And those of you that don't, aren't, aren't you know, in, in kind of the, the know of our conversation here, go watch VeggieTales. It's really worth it. But I've got an illustration for you. I brought a few things. So first, who do we have here? Bob the tomato. We have Bob the tomato. All right. Let's see who else is in here hanging out. Who do we have here? We have Larry the cucumber. So some of you are kind of like these guys. Just, just go watch VeggieTales. You'll understand. It'll make more sense to you. You have Larry the cucumber. Now, I had a difficult finding their friend. He's really scrawny. But we found Junior Asparagus. I wish I found a thick one, but this is the best one I got. He, he's, he's over time. He's got junior asparagus. Okay, now here's the thing about these three. They each have a specific calling. Bob's not saying to Larry, geez, Larry, if I was only as tall as you are, what I could do. And Larry's not sitting here going to junior asparagus. Geez, junior, if I was as thin as you are, what I could do. They're not sitting here comparing each other. They're not focused on what they don't have. They're focused on what they do have. See, here's what God did. He put inside these essential nutrients to build the body. Each of these have a specific purpose to build this body up. If you take one of these out, the body doesn't grow the way it's supposed to. That's why you all are so important. And babe, we're having salad for dinner, by the way, tonight. <laughs> Just to let you know. <laughs> but if you, if you take out any one of those nutrients, the body doesn't grow the way it's supposed to. I know I scared a few of you, thought I might sing Veggie Tales there for a minute. I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't venturing there. That's why I really want to start to encourage you to really bring your gifting. You have something that's powerful that can help build this body up. And I want to share a quote with you from a pastor, Rob Renner. Rob Renner states this. God intentionally made you different from others. You are actually the result of his divine design. Your mannerisms, insights, and style that are different from others may be the very qualities that make you uniquely positioned to fulfill a specific need. You might think you're a little quirky at times. You know what? That's probably needed. You might not feel good in certain areas with your personality. You know what? I bet you're going to relate to some people. You have been specifically designed with your unique abilities because you're here to build the body. And I want you to realize this too. And sometimes people are looking at what they don't have, their inadequacies. They're worried about pleasing people. In Galatians, Paul says, we're not here to please people. We're here to please God. And I know as I'm saying some of these things, some of you are getting a, a feeling stirred in your heart that you probably should pursue something. I want to encourage you to act on it. Maybe test drive some of the different opportunities that we have here at Brave and see where you might fit in. 
Because here's a key truth. God has equipped you with a gift and a calling to help build up this body. The fourth and final area I want to get into today, I want to encourage you in this area is, is generosity. Um, as Kendra mentioned tonight, today, this church is very generous, and I want to really thank you. Because of your efforts and your generosity, ministry is being done. Great things are happening. But what I hear now from a lot of Christians is that we're not able to give. The economy's so bad. Money's tight. Well, I want to encourage you to stick with your generosity. I want to encourage you to stick with it. And I get that the, that the economy, it's struggling right now, and it does put a bond on our budgets. But don't back off your giving. I want to encourage you to stay the course and watch what God does. This church is not hurting for money. I'm not up here saying that for that reason. This is to help you. So you got to realize, God can do incredible things when you don't think it can even happen. As we were going through that can the cancer treatments, I was off for six months. I was off half a year. But we continued to give. We continued to be generous. And people thought I was probably crazy. How are you going to live if you don't have income coming in? What are you going to do? So we continued to give. And you know what's amazing what our God did? He took total care of us. We even had an air conditioning unit. Two units go out. $13,000 we had to come up with. Not only did he pay for that, he increased us that year. In the time of struggle, when it had been easy not to stay generous, we continued forward. And it's not because we did anything great. It's just because we looked at it as a privilege to give. We believed it was a privilege to be able to minister to people. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, 3 through 4. And Pastor Ricky did a series on, on uh, Corinthians 8 and 9. You should go back and listen to it. But what it says here, it says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. They considered it a privilege. They, they considered it such a privilege to meet people's needs that they urgently pleaded do you have that desire in your heart to achieve? You've got to give because you want to help people. And what's really interesting to me is God's not asking for anything that he hasn't given to us first. He's not asking for something he hasn't already given to you. It goes on in, in 2 Corinthians 9.10. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. See, God gives first to sow and then the bread to eat. Being persistent in this process, doing it over and over and over, it enlarges the amount of seed. You'll notice your seed grows. It enlarges the amount of bread. You'll notice you'll have extra things left over. But the greatest thing is it changes your heart. You become more generous. The more you give, the more generous you get. God's after your heart. And when he gets your heart, watch out. There's things that you, there's no stopping you when God gets your heart. God's not trying to diminish you, folks. He's not trying to take away. He's trying to increase you. Because when you're increased, you can do more ministry. However, what happens when a famine comes, when economic times get tight, 
people start to eat their seed instead of trusting God and sowing it first. But what would happen if you did sow it? What happens if you sow it during famine? Well, the scriptures in the Old Testament talks about Isaac and there was a great famine at the time. And it says that Isaac sowed during this famine. And in that same year, he reaped a hundredfold. In the same year. See, the issue is the worldly news starts to get in and affect our thoughts. We start to believe, oh, the economy's bad, all these other things. Whatever the world's telling you, that's what we start to believe because we're looking at it so much. I wanna encourage you instead to spend more time in God's word and start trusting what he says more than what the media says. Trust God more than the pundits. And I want you to hear this very clearly. God's word is not affected by the economy. But by acting on God's word, you're affecting the kingdom economy. As the world economy worsens, people are hurting and they're searching for answers, folks. Guess who has them? It's us. And as we're being generous, we're allowing more opportunities to minister to these people. We're growing to help meet people's needs. So again, I wanna encourage you to keep being generous as our Father is generous. Because the key truth about this, Christians give first because God first gave to them. Christians give first because God first gave to them. So I'm, I'm concluding here. I'm gonna wrap this up. And I wanna invite Andrews back up as I wrap this up. And I really hope I encourage some of you today. I know we all need encouragement. And I know sometimes encouraging can be, encouragement can be challenging, kind of like that coach with instructions. So I hope you got something out of this today that you can act upon. And as we look at these things, I just wanna really encourage you. Remember to stay focused on prayer. Stay faithful in prayer. Things might not work out the way you think they're gonna work out or they might not be as fast as you want. But as you continue on in prayer, God has a plan and it's for your good. And please write it down so you can look back at it because it's another testimony. You'll be able to encourage other people. And keep praying for others and let them know you're praying for them. Encourage them. I want to keep encourage, I want to encourage you to keep gathering together. There's power when we're together. There's so many opportunities. You saw the ladies' luncheon coming up. We have Sundays. Men, something for men is coming up soon. There's, there's even a prayer meeting on Tuesday nights, the first Tuesday of the month. Come out to it. I know sometimes you might not feel like you know how to pray out loud or what. It doesn't matter. Just come. There might be a word for you specifically that night. But I can guarantee you this, when you leave, you'll feel even better. I want to encourage you to chase after your giftings or what your calling is. If you don't know what that is, there's resources that can help you identify that. But I want to encourage you strongly because your talents, your abilities, whatever they are, they're here to help build. You might think there's so little. It doesn't matter. God can take little things and do great things with it. And lastly, I want to encourage you to continue to be generous. As you all already are, there's going to be struggles coming at you this year. Realize, stay focused on the word. Put the word first. Stay focused on what God says to do. Get the noise out of your head and watch what he does for you this year. We're going to be able to minister to so many more people. So I'll finish with the takeaway I gave to you uh, here in the middle of the talk. Since we live in Christ, we are to encourage each other and build each other up. Since we live in Christ, we are to encourage each other and build each other up. And I hope I did that for you today. Now I'm gonna go ahead and pray as we wrap this up.
Thank you for everything you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.